the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Real Life Radio is sponsored by River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. That's what Jesus said in John 10.10. And today we continue in the series called Community and Pastor Sean says don't mess with the family. This is Real Life Radio. You know, we get all wrapped around the wheel over Acts chapter 2. And Acts chapter 4 where it says they, they sold their possessions and gave to one another. And people get all weirded out and they go, oh my gosh, that's, that's communism, that's socialism. How, how can that be? Is, is, is the Bible saying, and some people come all the way over here and they say, the Bible says the perfect economic system is socialism and we should all be socialists. And then we go, no, 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 that's not the truth. That can't be. It doesn't work. And, and then, no, that was only for a specific time, a specific season. Folks, what are we getting all weirded out? It wasn't communism. It was family. It wasn't communism. It was just family. Because that's what families do. And if you think of it in the context of family, it's not such a big deal. I mean, think about how much family passes stuff around and shares. I mean, I feel always sorry for the last kid from the last sibling, right? You know? It's serious. How, how terrible is that poor kid? Because the brand new crib that the first kid from the, in the first family got, the crib is new and pristine. And then by the time the last little one's like, I can't even believe you let me sleep in this. This is third world. What, why did you do this? It, that was in the family. That crib, you know, your mom gave it to your sister, her sister, and then the, you know, the clothes, the poor kid. That's just normal because it's family. It's not communism. It's family. And that's what they were experiencing. They were loving each other because what John said... How, how can you see your brother or sister in need and just ignore it? I want to say that kind of loving one another is such a powerful thing. Powerful testimony to the world around us. Reaching and serving the world is a very important part of our mission. It really is. We talk about it all the time. We're going to talk about it actually a little more next week as we talk about a building. But, but remember, what we are as a community is the best message of the gospel that there is. It is the best illustration of the gospel. What we are, because people are fundamentally hungry for something real. And what we are will either be our greatest asset or could be our biggest hurdle to overcome as we desire to connect with and share the love of Jesus with our community around us, our broader sense, the world around us. And I want to say, if that is our great message, it has suffered in recent years. And by that, I mean it's become somewhat in vogue among, I'm talking Christians now, I'm talking Christian leaders, authors, bloggers, different ones who are trying to make a name and get a voice. It's become very popular to impress the world, try to impress the world by ripping on the church. As though somehow the world will applaud you and say, wow, look how enlightened you are. And I'm not talking about, I am not talking about the, the church kind of for lack of a better term, taking care of its business and challenging one another in appropriate confrontation. And we'll even talk about that in just a few moments. I'm talking about just ripping in public forums. Do you know that doesn't impress the world? Not at all. 
It's a deception. That's an example of the enemy of my enemy is my friend, right? Until that one enemy's gone, and then they'll turn on you. That doesn't impress anybody. You want to know what impresses people? Real love. Real conviction that is authentic and not hypocritical. And love that is genuine. But we've gotten into this, I think, we've been duped by a media-crazed world and we'll say whatever to try to get attention. Yeah, that's not good. A family loves one another. doesn't mean they're not honest. It doesn't mean they don't call into correction. It doesn't mean they don't, quote, police their own. That's what families do, but we love one another and that is something that the world takes notice of because that's something the world is hungry for. The community is the earthly experience of God's family. So we love each other. Secondly, we care for one another. Family cares for one another. Galatians 6, 9, 10 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Did you hear that? It starts with the family. We should be good to all people. But it starts with the family. We're supposed to care for one another like a loving family. That's supposed to be normal in the body of Christ. Had a chance to experience this. You guys heard, Lori mentioned it in, uh, in just a little video clip she was in last week. But uh, about a week and a half ago, our home got broken into. And, uh, which is horrible, right? Got a call from our neighbor. They'd seen the door kind of open to the house. So they came up and sure enough... Some thieves had kicked in the door and gone and, you know, just taken some things. Well, we got home and started looking and going. The, the door was into the family room and, you know, the big screen TV was gone. But all the other components were there. It's kind of odd. And then we go through and, uh, I mean, it was neat. These were very neat thieves. I, we were grateful for, for that, I suppose. We could have got we slobs, the slob thieves, which would have been horrible. But there's no drawers open. There's no stuff knocked over on tables. Nothing. So we're like, they came for one TV and left it. And then I went back into my study and all my guitars were gone. That's what I said. And it was like, oh, are you kidding? Because I, I had some that were, you know, kind of one of a kind, handmade type. And I collected these guitars over like 20 years. So they knew they were there. It was someone, we'd had some work done. We think someone told someone, you know, I, I, I don't know. But it was one of those things just like, oh, are you kidding me? You know. And so it was a drag, but what was cool out of that, which I could tell you numerous stories throughout our lives, and I'm sure there could be stories all over the room. Um, within a short amount of time, I mean, you know, Lori told some people, shared with some people, and within a short amount of time, we got some calls and texts from friends and family from within the community who were just, you know, just so supportive. Um, Willie Mayfield, who lives close by, came over and looked at the door, make sure we get the latch working, get the door locked. And, you know, uh, just a number of different other folks. There were some others that came over and just, it, it just was, we didn't go through it alone. And I just got to tell you, I was grateful for that. There was no sense of going through this alone, and it was just very cool to be able to have a family around. And I hear stories like that through small groups, through different groups all over the place. Just of how they care for one another. And those community groups that we have, that's one of the things that they do. They care for one another. It's a real drag when you're the like senior pastor and you go to a hospital and they won't let you in because there's already been too many pastors in. I'm serious. No, I'm the guy. Really? <laughs> Whatever. That's what the last six said. And 
they're not talking about staff. They're talking about people in the home group, but they want to get in and they're not letting anybody, but well, I'm, I'm their pastor. And he is, he's their small group leader. It's true. I'm just like, boy, talk about feeling unnecessary, but I love that. Do you know that means it's working? What a cool thing that is when the community is caring for one another and just taking care. That's how family cares for one another. You know, last week we read when one rejoices, we all rejoice. When one suffers, we suffer together. Scripture encourages us to serve one another. I love these one another, love one another, serve one another. Galatians 5.13, you, my brothers and sisters, there's that phrase again, we're called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. The community is the earthly experience of God's family. A third thing about family, family protects one another. They protect one another. And, and the, they protect from without, because there are attacks that will come from the outside, but, but I'm, that's not really the greatest danger. It's important that we protect one another from those tax, attacks that come from outside. But you know, historically in church history, tax, attacks from without tend to make the church stronger. The church community actually strengthens. and The, deep, the roots go deeper. The relationships grow tighter. And under extreme kind of persecution things, you'll see the church disperse if it has to, but then grow and extend and expand. It's a very interesting dynamic. You, you want to really hurt a church? Come within and start to create division. That's the great danger. That's where churches implode, or, or that's where they fall apart. It's internal issues. In Galatians chapter 6, 1 and 2, Paul writes this to the family. Brothers and sisters... If someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you may also be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. He's talking about the sin. Do you realize you get a, a room full of sinners? You get a small group, a living room full of sinners. Do you know sin's going to happen? And sin can either destroy that group and cause death, and it can cause separation, which is what sin always does, or that group, can experience together victory over sin and growth and maturity and closer relationship and blessing because they were together. It all depends on how you approach it. We should confront with the purpose to restore. We should be gentle because we'd want someone to be gentle. Us, we should humble ourselves. It says, lest you also be tempted. Remembering, I have been tempted. I have failed. I have the potential to fail. The minute you think, oh, I'm really above that. I'm totally, I'm, I'm good to go. And so, well, but I'll help everybody else because they're all messed up. <laughs> Paul says, watch out. Because you've got a big old target on your back. Just walk in humility. The, the protection of accountability and healthy biblical confrontation is so powerful. Ephesians 4, 2 and 3 says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Listen, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. The unity of the Spirit. That is one of the greatest assets of the church. One of the greatest tools that we have in our mission of the world is our unity. If you can tear apart our unity, you will tear apart the church. Paul says be humble as you honestly deal with one another. Loving each other, caring for each other, occasionally confronting one another as family who want to see the others built up and restored. And we want to take a quick break to remind you you're listening to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in a series called Community. 
If you'd like to hear the full unedited message or even watch the video podcast from Pastor Sean, it's available right now on demand on the sermons page at the River City website called reallife.org. And if you think you'd like to come and visit River City, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Matama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 9 and 11. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. And back to this message on community. This is Real Life Radio. Well, how does this work? How does this, how do we protect this unity? Well, I want you to turn here, okay? You need to have this one in your tool belt. Matthew 18, I'm going to begin reading at verse 15. Really, because this is going to happen. You need to know how to deal with this. And this is like Jesus just gives us this kind of point-by-point way to handle when something goes wrong in community, in the family, okay? Verse 15 of Matthew 18. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you've won them over. Notice how it says just the two of you? You're protecting them. You're not exposing their, their struggle or the temptation or their fall. You're protecting them. And he says, and if they listen to you, praise God, you've won. You've won them. You've won. And it's done. It's over. And we move on. Better for it. He says, if they'll not listen to you, take one or two others. So you've gone to them individually now, and they said, forget you. I don't care. I don't care if that's what the Bible says, or you're whacked. You you don't know what you're talking about. But there's clear sin. It's hurting the body. It's hurting them. And so they said, okay, if they won't listen to you, take one or two others along, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they listen, and this isn't written here, but the implication is, if they listen, same thing. You've won your brother or sister. It's all good. Again, protecting. If they still refuse to listen, verse 17, tell it to the church. And by that, there's no indication that what they're saying is every person who's part of the church locally and around the world, okay? The, The idea is that tell it to the leaders in their community. Tell it to the leadership of the church. That's the idea that we're seeing here. Tell it to the church. In other words, bring the leadership in. And now it becomes a little more of a formal, hey, you're, you're damaging yourself. You're damaging the body. This is hurtful. This is con- you are openly walking contrary to Scripture and, and disturbing what God is doing in your life and in the body. It's called appropriate, healthy, one another ministry and church discipline. If they refuse to listen even to the church, listen to this. Treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. In other words, it's saying treat them as an unbeliever. You now treat them as an unbeliever. Now, here's a, here's a tricky part. How do we treat unbelievers around here? Like honored guests. Doesn't say be mean to them, talk bad about them, go on some, you know, chat room and rip them apart. No. 
we recognize unbelievers are people we want to see. That's where we've come from, and we want to see every person come to know the love of Jesus. That's our desire. You treat them now like an unbeliever. But it's an important distinction because you recognize they are not part of the family. We want them to be, but they are not part of the family because they are refusing to follow the word of Jesus Christ. And after different levels of brothers and sisters who love them have confronted them, they refuse what you're you're saying. What they're declaring is, I'm not interested in the way of the family. And what he's saying is, all right. You, have, you now reclassify them. You still love them. You still show kindness to them. But you recognize where they are. And that's church discipline. And it's a powerful thing. He goes on and talks about the power of the community. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly, I tell you, if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it'll be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. That's the power of the family, the community. And Peter, reflecting that he actually got it, the seriousness of what Jesus was saying, verse 21, says, Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or uh, or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? And he's being very graceful and, you know, he's like, up to seven? Look, Jesus, how generous I am. Really? Up to seven times? Jesus answered. I can almost see him chuckling on this. I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. And actually, that can be translated. Translators have struggled with that because it could be translated or 70 times seven. So whether it's 77 or, you know, 490, whatever it is, he's saying you need to forgive. You need to protect the unity of the body. You need to be grace-filled in the family. So you... Your brother sins against you and then repents, forgive him, and then forgive him again, and then forgive him again, and you keep forgiving him. You see, and what's important is that what it never says here, if your brother sins or sins against you, go and gossip about them. You notice it never says that? I looked real hard. I couldn't find it. And it doesn't say, call up 14 friends to pray. We're not gossiping. We're just praying. We just need to pray for them because we just love them so much. And I just needed 17, 18 people to pray. And they had to know what they did. So you know, I'm serious. <laughs> you don't know how many times I've heard that one. I, it wasn't gossip. I was just asking people to pray. No, no. See, that's not what the Scripture says. Scripture doesn't say go air their sin in a prayer circle. No, the Scripture says you go to them. Just you and them. You protect them. You don't out them or expose them. You protect them. And so, if you have like a problem with gossip, I know you don't, but maybe other people always want to tell you bad stuff. So, you know, I'm going to give you the surefire way to put an end to that. This is awesome. This is how you handle it. This is how we handle gossip here at River City Community Church, okay? You can write it down. It's policy, boom, in the books, okay? What you do, someone comes to you and says, did you know what I heard? I, I keep, you're not going to believe this. And tells you something. Here's how you respond every time. You go, wow, that's really serious. Do you want to go talk to them alone, or would you like me to go with you? Exactly like that. Would today be good, or would maybe tomorrow morning be better? Which is best for you? That's exactly how you handle it. That's really serious. Scripture says you should go talk to them right now. Do you want to go, or or have you already done that, and you want me now to go with you? Because I'll be happy to go with you. Two things will happen, okay? One of two at least, all right? One, they'll actually go do it, and restoration will happen, and someone will be built up, and the body of Christ will be preserved and protected. Or two, at least no one will come to you with gossip anymore. 
Really? You will be a no-gossip zone. Because it's like, oh, don't want to go through that again. Folks, we've got to protect the body. Protect the unity of the body. And that's how we do it. The scripture gave us everything we need. Because the community is the earthly experience of God's family. Last thing, and I'll wrap with this. Family prioritizes family. Family loves one another, cares for one another, protects one another. But family prioritizes family. And this is important. You, you know he's talking about specific people. This is not general. He's talking specific people. Okay? That's how all this one another ministry happens. That's why we so believe in community groups. Because it can't just be in general to some large group or some group I sit in a room for an hour every week with. It's, it's specific people. That's why we so encourage you to get in community groups and we so believe in that because that's where all the good stuff happens. If this is all that's happening right now in your spiritual life, I hope the sermons are a blessing. I hope the worship is an encouragement and things like that. But you're missing out because there's spiritual life and ministry that can only happen in relationships and that's people you need to know and connect with. That's what the Word teaches. I want to encourage you in that. But the fact is, the family then, when you have these people, family prioritizes family. And you go, why do I need to say it? Family shows up for one another. They show up when they gather. And now I'm going to get, okay, now I'm going to go from preaching to meddling, okay? Sorry. But seriously, it just is a very disturbing trend to see that the one thing that always seems to be negotiable is what's happening with the family, the community, the church. Well, I can't miss something at work because that's all my work and that's where I can pay. Well, I can't I can't miss something school because well that's school and I have, have well I can't miss something with my kids sports because well that's we made a commitment to the team and got to be with the team and all these other things and they all are constantly these are non-negotiable well but church yeah the family my small group community well those, those yeah well, you don't I mean you know I make it once every couple of weeks I make it once a month the fact that that's the negotiable thing that's messed up Seriously, stop and think about stop and think about it for a minute. I mean, I, and one of the ones, and I know I harp on this a little bit because I think it, it has gone to such crazy extremes. I see people who, during certain sports seasons, their 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 kids' sporting seasons or something, they're gone because oh, we we're doing this, we're doing this, and and I'm like, okay, I love sports. We played sports. Lori and I both did. Our kids play sports. We're fans. We like it. We enjoyed it. It was a great part of our family life. However, okay. It is possible that one of my kids could have been a, a pro athlete and made that their life. Probably not likely. The gene pool is what it is, okay? I mean, we've got to be realistic here. Those of you who are grooming your little darlings to get big scholarships and play pro, and just look in the mirror and then let's work this out, okay? I'm just... They're, statistically, very few are going to make this their whole life. My hope and prayer is that all of them, even the pro athletes among us, are always a part of the Christian community called the church. They're always a part of the family. And what are we doing if we teach them? Well, that can always wait. We can always push that back. That's not really that important. But this, the sports and the school and this money-making opportunities, all these, these are the important things. We, I don't care what we say with our words. Our actions have screamed to them, this isn't important. And I'm like... Do we understand what the Word is teaching us? This is a priority because it is part of what God wants to do in our lives. Without the family, our spiritual life will always be stunted and be less than what it could be. So I just want to challenge us. Family prioritizes. We show up for one another. If you go, well, but I don't, I don't need to be at my group because I, I, I don't need that. Or, or I don't need to be at church because I don't need that. You're missing the point. 
When you're not there, the family's not complete. I would say probably maybe you need more than what you think you need. But let's flip it to the other side. What about what others need through you? Maybe we don't just think about what we need and what we receive. How about the fact that without you, the family's not complete? And there could be things that need to be contributed, things, spiritual gifts that only you have that need to be brought to the table that just aren't because you didn't show up. Man, this community is so much of a gift. It is the earthly experience of God's family, and it is supposed to be a blessing. I want to challenge you. Don't miss out. Try it. See what God does. See what happens as you say, I'm going to commit, and I'm going to really experience life in the body, like we discussed last week, and I'm going to experience life as a family. The community is the earthly experience of God's family, and it is good. It's a gift. Thank you, Pastor Sean. You've been listening to Real Life Radio in this series called Community. If you'd like to hear the full unedited message and this series, it's available right now as a free download when you find the sermons link at reallife.org. But of course, you're always invited to come and visit us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park. You can see all the details, directions, and service times, including the Saturday night service, also at reallife.org. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262 as Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church and we hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Matama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 9 and 11. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.